Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today, we are studying Hosea 10. That's the prophet Hosea, chapter 10. Uh, and this is Saul Weiner, the host for your podcast. Uh, in chapter 9, God had compared the people of Israel to a vine, to a vineyard that dried up and stopped producing good fruit. That once they had so much potential, but that potential is gone. He's going to continue with that metaphor. And as we start verse 1, Gefen Bokeh Israel, The people of Israel are like a vine that is dried up and doesn't produce fruit or doesn't produce much fruit at all. And Peri and the fruits of Israel, their act, the things that they do, their deeds, Yishavelo, are equal to it. The fruits of the vine are not producing. They don't grow new vines. They don't grow new grapes. They're not sweet. They don't produce good wine. Kirov Lipirio, and at a time when this vine did produce, sometime in the past when it was um, a productive and when it was full of fruit, when it was green and lush, what did they do? What did the people do when they had the potential? Here, Balam is Bachos. They used all of their products, they used their productivity to build altars to idols. Kitov the Artso, when his land, when the land of the people of Israel was good and productive. What did they do? They, they made lots of, 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 of um, altars and um, places of idol worship. Uh, this next verse, too, is very difficult to translate, and I've seen many different approaches. I'm going to read it. I'm going to tell you some of the difficulties, and we'll try to work through it. Cholak libam. Ato yeshamu. Cholak libam is the words that are really tough to translate. But something along the lines of, he divided their hearts. Or, or some other alternatives I'm going to mention in a minute. Ato and now yeshamu, they have been guiltier, they have sinned. Hu ya'arof mizbachosam, he will, will break or crack their, their uh, altars. Yishodeid matsevosam. He will destroy and smash their uh, their um, matsevas, their, their pillars, their altars to idols. Now, who is this he? If what does this mean? He divided their hearts. Does this mean God divided their hearts? Is this referring to he, the people of Israel, divided their hearts, meaning they separated their hearts from God? If it means the people of Israel separated their hearts from God, then. The rest of the verse doesn't make that much sense. He separated their hearts, and now they have sinned. He will smash their, their altars, but the people themselves aren't smashing their altars. If it's referring to God himself, that God separated their hearts, what does that mean? How could God separate the people's hearts? People decide themselves to separate their hearts. God doesn't do that. So... Um, this brings up a whole host of questions. I'm going to go with the following. Cholak here, I think, does not mean separated so much as it means slippery. We see the word cholak sometimes means to slip. Um, uh, sometimes like a slippery tongue or a smooth tongue or just literally slippery to slip on something. And cholak libam, I do believe, means here, um, does not mean he which is the way the word would usually mean, but it means their hearts are the object. And cholak libam, their hearts are slippery. And ato yeshamu, and now they have sinned. So if we look back at the end of the last verse, 
Kirov Liprio, when their fruits were large, were great, Hirbalam is Bachot. They used it for altars. Kitov Arzo, when his land was good, Hetivu Matzevot. They went and they built lots and lots of altars to false gods. Cholak Libam, when they they made their hearts slippery, and Ato Yeshamu. And in other words, they, their outer actions might have been good, but inside they were deceitful. Inside they were, had slippery hearts, Anato Yeshamu, and then they went to sin. Then who, he meaning God, will therefore destroy those things that they built, the Mizbachos, the altars, and, and the um, temples to foreign gods. Ki ata yomru, because now, now that you have these slippery hearts, now I'm reading verse 3, and I'm going to continue with my translation of what Chalak meant, because now that they have these slippery, deceitful hearts, ki ata yomru, now that they, they will say, ein melech we no longer have a king, mean usually, um, king would mean either the actual king or kilo yorenu et Adonai, because we no longer fear God. And what can this, this human king do to us? The people are saying when they have the slippery hearts, if you recall, we had in chapter 7, verse 3, um, we also had um, a similar. Uh, idea where the where we discussed that the people were tricking the king they fooled the king they the king thought that they, also they were pretending in front of him and if the people do no no longer fear the king and they no longer feel god, fear god what is the next result verse 4 they will just say words they will make false uh false um uh, 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 promises, karos bris. They will, they will, um, they will make covenants. They will make sign agreements. Ufarach karos mishpat, and but the 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 um, the uh, the actual justice. They're going to sign these agreements. They're they're going to be deceitful. They're going to lie. They're going to cheat, and because that's the kind of people that they have become. And then, like the the mishpat justice will grow and 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 uh, get ruined, just like and it will grow into thorns and and weeds. Al talme sadai on the plowed furrows of of my fields, God says, or on the plowed furrows of the fields. The, uh, this this is what will grow. Instead of having a plowed field growing nice produce and grain, they're going to be growing thorns because the people are full of lies and deceit. What happened? Le Eglos base oven Yaguru Shechan Shomron. The people that live in Samaria, Samaria is the capital of the northern kingdom. They are Yaguru means to fear. It also means to worship. They are worshiping the calves in the houses of iniquity. They are worshiping the calves that they set up in their temples because they abandoned Jerusalem. Ki aval alav amo, because the nation itself is is mourning him. While the priests are celebrating and pretending that they have something great, the people themselves know that this calf is worthless, is useless. And why are they mourning al kivodo over the honor of the people kigalami menu? Because all of their honor is lost. They are shamed. They are embarrassed in front of the world. Gam oso even it itself, the calf itself, lashir yuval. They will bring it to Assyria and they become subservient. Their calf, their supposed god, is going to end up being a tribute to the king of Assyria. Minchalim They're going to bring it as an offering to the king of Assyria. 
Boshna Ephraim Ikach. What will the people of Ephraim, the people of the northern kingdom of Israel have? They will only take embarrassment and shame. And Israel will become embarrassed because of their ideas. The kings of Samaria, the kings of this land, which has become so full of deceit and corruption, will end, will end, will cease to exist. Like you have the, like the foamy white uh, bubbles on top of the water, it just dissipates. And these shrines or altars or temples to, to iniquity uh, will become destroyed. These, these which are the sins of Israel. Eventually thorns and weeds will grow over their altars. And they will say to the mountains, bury us. In other words, swallow us up because we don't no longer want to exist. As if the altars themselves are saying to the heights um, and the hills, fall upon us, bury us. We no longer want to be here. We are so ashamed of ourselves. From the days of Giva, Giva, I'm assuming like I did in the last chapter, Giva refers to one of the most awful sins in the history of the people, which was the concubine of Giva, which happened in the tribe of Benjamin, is like the paradigm example of corruption, the paradigm example of immorality. Chatos Yisrael, from those days already they have sinned so badly. Shom Amadu, there they stood, lo tasigem ba Giva milchamal b'nei alva. There they, um, the, uh, um, Uh, there they stand in Giva, and they will never be. Um, uh, it will. Ne- they will never. It will never reach them. Uh, the war upon the people that are so sinful and so full of 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 deceit. Be'avosi, God says in verse ten. Be'avosi ve'esorim. When I. Um, um, it, and I'm translating this pasuk, this verse, similar to the Radak, the way he he translates it. It is my desire that I should remove them. And how do I remove them? And the the nations will gather upon them. And the pasuk kind of splits. It almost should be a second pasuk. It should be a second verse here. So this is the first half of verse ten. The second half really continues into verse eleven when it says, "Be asram onosam." When I tied them, packed then. When I took them into the land of Israel, when I redeemed them, when I made them into a people, I took the two, the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah, I tied them both into a harness, be asram into a harness, to ask them to plow. I wanted them to be productive, to build, to plow. And what happened, Ephraim, and back in those days, God says, Ephraim, Ephraim was then a calf that was very skilled. It was a good calf. It had so much potential. It could have done so much. It had so much love to thresh, to do its job, to do its work. And I placed a, a yoke upon the, it's it's good it's it's good part of its neck, in order to to lead it in the right direction. This is a uh, 
uh, on the idea of the Torah God gave the people and the direction that he gave them and the teaching that he gave them and the prophets and the messages he gave them to send them off the right way Arkiv Ephraim I asked Ephraim to, do, to be the one that does all of this quality work Yacharosh Yehudah I asked Judah to plow Yishadedlo Yaakov I asked Yaakov to do the, the smoothing out of the field that goes this, the last stage of the plowing I asked the entire people to do that together and what did I say? I said, Ziru lachem, plan for yourselves. What should you plant? Litzidakah, plant for yourselves for righteousness. Kitzru said, what should you harvest? You should harvest kindness. Niru lachem, near. You should um, uh, uh, plow for yourselves fresh land. Vi'es, and a time, Lidroshes Adonai, make time to search and seek God. This is what I set them in place. I gave them everything they needed. I harnessed them properly. I gave them the instructions. And I wanted them to do tzedakah, to do righteousness. I wanted them to do chesed, to do kindness. I wanted them to search for God. Ad yavo, until God will then come. When you search for Him, what will He do? He will come lachem, and He will teach you righteousness. He will teach you how to learn. But what did you do? Instead, harashtem resha. You went ahead and plowed evil. Avlosa kitzartem. You ended up harvesting sin. Achaltem prikochash. You ended up eating weak, bad, poor fruit. Kivatachta. Why? Kivatachta bedarkecha berov giberacha. Because you had faith in yourselves. You were arrogant. You thought you were strong and powerful. And because of your arrogance, you ended up uh, reaping what you sowed. And you sowed evil and you reaped evil and what's going to end up happening uh, um, the noise of, of destruction is going to come to your nation and all of your your um, your uh, fortresses will be destroyed this was an example Shalman was a king who had destroyed this place in a vicious vicious battle it's just an example of how bad the destruction is going to be he destroyed women and children as well that's how bad it's going to be this is what your Base L, you, the, the house of God that this means not a real God, this is God with a small g that you built for yourselves. This is what happened because you went in that direction instead of the right direction. Because the evilness of your evil, in the morning, soon, the kingdom of the northern kingdom will cease to exist. Thank you so much for listening to this powerful chapter, chapter 10. Looking forward to studying chapter 11 together.